You're listening to the Zenio Dadcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Mo. Uh, thanks for tuning in. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about what it is to be agile on death road. A couple weeks back, I picked up my old guiding habits, started guiding tours again, and I want to tell you a little bit about it. Our band to dig out today is Planet Mercury, hailing from Boston, Massachusetts. They have a really powerful rock pop sound that harkens back to the late 90s, early 2000s. I'm thinking Blink-182 and You Found Glory. So if you dig it, dig that kind of sound, then stay tuned. So I think uh, I think it's it's important at the top of the show to be be transparent. This is gonna be I'm gonna take a break, and this is gonna be the last episode till about late uh, late August. I'll post the next uh, the next episode uh, the date for the next episode on the website. So if you're listening, I truly appreciate your listenership. I really really do. I'm gonna tell you why I'm taking a little break, but I hope you'll come back. I hope you hang out some more with me. So. As you might know, if you've been listening to the episodes, if not, I'll tell you right now, I'm about to uh, relocate back to the U.S. And I'm taking my son, and we've got we've to get rid of the apartment. We've got to hand it over. We've got to clean it up. We've got to sell things. We've got to donate a lot of things. And, and I'm, at, I'm, I'm pretty much at that last week where I've got to make things happen. So i got a lot on my plate. And then with the move back to Boston and resettling in with the family and figuring out what the next steps are. I want to give myself some time to breathe and figure out what I want to do. But definitely on that, on that list of to-dos is this show. Uh, I really love doing this. And when I see people downloading it, I really love that there are people out there enjoying this to some capacity. Who knows? Who knows what value you're getting from it, but I really appreciate you tuning in. So that's what I wanted to say at the top of the show. I also wanted to talk about... The last couple of weeks have been really hectic, and I've been constantly catching up to myself, but in a good way. It hasn't been a because uh, I've been because I haven't been uh, organized or or uh, planning things out properly. In fact, I, I really do feel like all of these skills that I have accrued over the last couple of years in becoming a better communicator, a better facilitator, and overall check of all trades project manager, uh, that really all those tools have become incredibly useful to me in just about every aspect of my life, whether it's dealing with other adults, teammates, my, my son, my family, uh, just planning things out and figuring out how I can make things happen the smoothest. I feel like I have like this, this secret superpower that, that I can't tell anybody about, but I'm telling you about it. And it's something so simple to, to plan and to stop and breathe and think before you do and have an open mind to new information, be, be, be responsive, to change as opposed to reactive to change. And I've talked about these things a little bit in the past, uh, but it's become such an important theme because, you know, day in and day out, I have these small little experiences where people are being frustrated by change. And it's often change that either they didn't see coming or they just don't like. They're not, they're not informed. They haven't been paying attention and, and so they don't like what's happening and all of a sudden we have to course correct. Uh, and really, being open to change and being open to new information, you know, the, the idea behind being open to change is 
that you're open to new information constantly at every stage of anything that you're trying to get accomplished so that you can make an informed decision about pivoting, about doing this instead of that. It's a, it's also, you could also call it agility, right? Having an agile mindset is being able to just look at what is, take in that new information, compare it to the old information, and assess what's the best way forward. And it sounds like it might be a complicated thing to do, but in reality, we do it all the time. And the, uh, and, and the example or the metaphor that I want to put in front of you is when you're driving a car, when you're driving your vehicle down any road, you are constantly open to change. And so this goes one of two ways, right? If you're being open to change and you're responding to new information, then you're looking ahead and you're noticing that the car in front of you is, is uh, pressing the brakes so their brake lights are on. And you notice that the light in front of you is about to turn red because it's gone to like yellow, right? Or you're noticing that there are a couple of people on the crosswalk waiting to cross. So you're taking in all this information and you know that at some point you might have to stop. You're going to reduce your speed or you might have to change lanes or you got to get into your turning lane. But you're constantly making these adjustments as you're, as you're uh, driving. And these aren't reactions. You're not reacting to something that happened suddenly that you didn't see coming. You're responding to information and you're making the appropriate adjustment. Now, take the flip side of that. You're driving down the road. You're in a hurry. Maybe you're tensed up. Maybe uh, you had a rough day, who knows, but you're not fully engaged with what you're doing, which you should be because you're driving, right? Uh, but you're not fully engaged. And so then that means that all of a sudden you didn't notice that the car in front of you is pressing the brakes and the brake lights on. You didn't notice that the light in front of you is about to turn red or there are tons of people waiting to cross the street. And so now all of a sudden you notice those things at the last minute, hopefully, right? Hopefully you notice them and you slam on your brakes. Your heart elevates you get upset at the driver in front of you or the people crossing the street or worse, you hit somebody, you hit something, you actually either cause harm or damage to yourself and others. So that's the difference between reacting and responding. And that's the difference between having an agile mindset and not. So I hope that's useful when I talk about these things because in the last couple of weeks, you know, I'm here for one more month and I've been, I've been kind of toiling around trying to get out on the weekends and just go, go hiking, do stuff. But eventually you hit, you hit like a wall where you go, I've kind of done anything I would want to do and everything else just takes too much investment or time or what, what have you. And I decided, well, I would just reach out to my old guiding buddy who, who's running the operation now. I used, to, I used to be a mountain bike guide here in Bolivia. And it's been six years, you know, uh, and then the pandemic happened. And the, the pandemic really uh, devastated the tourism sector, especially here in Bolivia. It's, it started to come back. But it's, nearly, it's not nearly as strong as it was when I was guiding. And it's just day and night. I couldn't, you know, describe it any other way. But it's there and it's coming back and there, and there are groups going out frequently. So I call them up and I say, hey, you know, I want to go down. I just want to go down as a client. I want to get out of the city. You know, when's the next tour you guys got? And in that conversation, he says, hey, I'm looking for guides. If you're available, can you do some tours? And the truth is... I'm not really available. I got, I got a full-time job and I got a family and, and junk. But, but I did say, you know, I'll do weekends. And I, I may not be able to do every weekend or <laughs> both, uh, Saturday and Sundays. But I can probably squeeze something out to help you guys out. And so that's what I've been doing. Last two weekends, I've been taking some tours. And as I'm doing this, you know, I'm kind of looking at my old notes and picking it back up. And, you know, the history stuff just comes back to you real, real easy. 
but the uh, the guiding stuff, the stop stuff, like you have to hope the gladly I have a uh, a second guide that goes with me and a driver, and so they kind of contextualize, they help me understand what changes have occurred and all that jazz. It's not that much though; it's it's pretty much the same the same ride that it was ten years ago. And as I'm riding with my group, I'm noticing the very same thing that I just described to you. You're driving or you're riding a bike and you're constantly responding to change. And in the guiding context, when you're a guide and you, you meet these people for the first time, you're a guide and you have your assistant guide, the second guide, who is typically the mechanic and he doesn't do the speeches. He, he kind of just helps you get things moving forward and takes pictures and stuff. And then we have our driver who supports us from, from the back following the group uh, throughout the day, right? And then there's you. So you have a group of three people. We'll call these people the scrum team, right? And these people have to get uh, a group of other people down the road. These other people are our clients. They're the tourists. These people are our stakeholders. They are our customers. And it's our job to inform them of the risks of the road, inform them of what they can expect, and also, it's our job to learn from them and ask them, what kind of experience do they have? Have they done this kind of thing before? How nervous are they? Are they feeling nauseous from the altitude? All, all these questions, all these factors that can really help you prevent the project from going south. And in this context, the project is the trip. You start in the morning, you end in the evening, you do you know, from 4,700 to 1,200 meters, and you do this with your group the entire time. And as you do this, you do this in, in sections. So every section, you stop pictures, a little bit of history, get people to rest a little bit. Maybe there's a snack break, shake out their hands, make sure they're not getting too tense and you're kind of catching up with them as you go. Okay? I kind of started viewing each section as a sprint. And we said, okay, we're going to get here. This is what we got to get done. In this next sprint, we got this massive left curve that's 180 degrees, a lot of wind coming at you, slow down before the curve. You know? Uh, when we're doing the curve, we're trying to coach them on how to lean into curves using their pedals and standing up on their pedals. This is during the beginning of the ride where you have tarmac and a little bit of a softer entrance. So, so you can kind of coach people to become better cyclists before you get to the actual road, right? And the road that I'm talking about is Death Road, the world's most dangerous road. It's a single lane, two-way dirt road that has existed for 100 years, and it's got a rich history, but it's also got that dark history being known for lots of accidents in the last 100 years. And so my job as their leader is to coach them, make sure that they feel good about what they're doing, and get them to a level where they can at least enjoy their ride, no matter how slow they're going, or no matter how fast they choose to go. I try to give them the advice and coach them and set the expectations that uh, what, uh, set the expectations about what they're about to do is what I wanted to say. All of that, frame it in this, in this way, me and my scrum team helping our stakeholders get down this treacherous road section by section, uh, and at each section you inform them a little bit more and you also take in information. You look at the weather, is it about to rain? You look at the road, is it in rough condition? Were there any landslides recently? You look at the traffic, is there more activity on the road than usual? Do we need to slow down, do we need to speed up? Where, where's the rhythm, where's the ideal rhythm for our group? based on their ability uh, to handle the road, how are people feeling? Are they, are they hungry? Are they tired? Are they dehydrated? You know, we want to make sure that we stay ahead of those problems. So you're constantly taking in new information and adjusting. I want to say that's enlightening. That was enlightening to me, to kind of start putting these ideas and frameworks into a, uh, a space, 
an event or time or activity that I, I had never thought of it that way. And nothing changed. I'm no, you know, I, I didn't come in with new ideas and say, this is a better way of doing it, Scrum, Agile, let's do it this way. But I approached it with that mentality. I'll say it made the day a little bit easier. Ten years ago, I won't say ten years ago, a good seven years ago, uh, when I was guiding full-time, I wasn't thinking about it that way. I was internalizing it as my job, and the job gets divided in certain sections. And I got to make sure that, you know, I hand out the raincoats if it looks like it's going to rain. And I was thinking about responding to change, but I wasn't thinking about it in that frame of mind of I'm responding to change. I'm not reacting to it. If I see it's going to rain, I'm not saying, that's not a reaction to, oh, shoot, we got we to gotta put on our raincoats. I'm responding to that because if I don't and I wait for it to start raining uh, or I wait for us to ride into the rain with knowing that I could have paid attention and kind of looked ahead, then, then I, have to, I have no choice. I have to react to it. And that always puts you a step behind everybody else. Because when you react to something, there's always somebody else who saw it coming. And you're, kinda, you're constantly catching up to your own team or to your stakeholders. Uh, and as a project manager, generally speaking, you want to try to be a couple steps ahead. You want to be the guy that spots the gaps before the gap is there. I mean, needless to say, I've been, I've been, enjoying, I've been enjoying my guiding, and it's been, it's been really fun. It's, it's also a nice way of saying goodbye to Bolivia for a little while, since we're taking off soon. I thought, well, you know, I'm leaving soon, so uh, what better way to spend a couple of weekends than doing the thing that got me here in the first place and just seeing if I still got it, you know, seeing if I still, if I still can talk to people and, and be engaged the way I was in my younger years. And I can. I feel really good about it. And it's been a really positive experience, uh, despite a couple of, you know, a couple of accidents here and there that, that, I've, that I'm learning from. But that being said, overall positive. And you know what? If you're coming to Bolivia, you should do Death Road. Go ahead and DM me, find me, email me, send me a note somewhere, and, uh, and I'll, I'll let you know everything you need to know about the road. Let's switch gears to our band to dig out. This is Planet Mercury from Boston, Massachusetts. So obviously I have a soft spot for Boston bands. And this one really, really also need an extra soft spot because I grew up, uh, I, was, I was in high school in the early 2000s. They have that sound that was so prevalent uh, around that time. That's really powerful pop rock with, uh, with a lot of energetic music. Uh, and the first tune we're going to listen to is called Atomic Blue. So Atomic Blue, they are, they are a band currently active in the Boston area. This comes from an EP they released in 2022, so just last year. This is Atomic Blue.
Alright, so that was Atomic Blue by Planet Mercury. Uh, and again, Boston-based, if you're in the area, you should check them out for sure. I'm thinking about the schedule right now. I'm even looking at when I'm going to post this episode, and it's going to be late. This is, an, this is a late upload. So, it's a bummer. Uh, I usually try to get these up by 7.30 uh, every other Thursday. But today it's going to be like probably 11 on a Thursday. And I do, uh, you know, old me, old me would be beating himself up. Saying, you know, Jesus, uh, I screwed up. I didn't plan this well enough. I should have recorded earlier. I should have planned this out. You know, I, I can't be doing it. I can't be catching up to myself all the time. But the truth is, you got to accept it when you just can't get things done on time. And hopefully, you can adjust things so that the things that absolutely need to get done on time, get done on time. And everything else might take a backseat, maybe for a week. But ultimately, you're driving value where it needs to be. And so for me, at least within the context of my family and having to coordinate this and do the guiding and figure out, and also, you know, at work, we're transitioning work over to, to teammates. Uh, and I'm also taking on new clients, which has been exciting. Meeting and taking on new projects has been really, really fun. It's, it's obvious that this took a backseat. And it's not that it's not important to me, and I think that's important to note. Doing this podcast is immensely important to me. I love doing it. I love the idea of putting together these these uh, these playlists and talking about agility and fatherhood, and I want to continue doing it. But there, there does come a point, at least in this month, where I had to just put that aside and focus on other things. Definitely in the last two months, I think if you listen to the last episode, I kind of uh, ring that bell a little bit more, right? So I think I'm okay with it. I'm gonna forgive myself, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hope that you forgive me as well. For being late on this delivery it is it is coming it, obviously if you're listening to it now <laughs> it has been delivered but i hope that uh when i do come back in mid-august mid to late august that you'll come back with me and you'll continue listening and enjoying music and I, I, you know i want to grow this i want to grow this project i want to do something more with it i'm not quite sure what it is but there are a couple couple of different things that i could do to uh to spice it up right i guess that's the word. Spice it up or make it a little bit more engaging and hopefully uh, grow the idea a little bit more further out than, than what it is currently. I'm excited about that and I know that as I, as I uh, take on this, this move and, and get it done and get back to the States, especially on that long-ass seven-hour flight, I'm going to have some time to reflect on it and think about where I want where I want to go with this. So I want to leave you with that. Forgive yourself. You might screw up, you might fail, especially if you're a parent, especially if, if you have kids that you have to constantly, uh, you know, live up to. Because our kids inspire us every day. Kids are essentially born agile. They, they're constantly responding to change and taking on new information. And so learn from your kids, forgive yourself, and also maybe you have to teach them to forgive themselves too. When things don't work out and when you simply have to make a choice that isn't great but good enough to move forward, and uh, and keep keep moving forward so with that said let's listen to our last tune from planet mercury this is a fresh fresh song that they just released maybe two weeks ago called i'll thank me later 2023 i'll thank me later from planet mercury uh it's a really fun tune great tune please listen to it please enjoy these bands they'll be added to the Zenio dadcast bands to dig out volume two and there's also Zenio Dadcast Bands to Dig Out Volume 1 from our previous year. Again, awesome music. Enjoy it. Put it on while you work. I hope it helps you, you know, stay sexy. Peace.
Here's a quick reminder. Check out the show notes. Find and click the link to our Spotify Bands to Dig Out playlist. Please enjoy responsibly. Lastly, head on over to www.zenialdadcast.com to hear all past episodes and learn more.